we're going to go into part two today of Got Junk. Amen? Everybody got junk, right? Oh, y'all lying if you ain't. Uh, part two. Last week we talked about issues. We talked about your life being out of order. We talked about what it does to you when your life is out of order and, and all the things that happen and, and how it really kind of messes up uh, most everything. This week we're going to talk about fear. So if you'll go with me to the book of Jeremiah chapter 1, <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. Now they're going to have the King James on the screen. I'm going to be reading the NIV. Um, but I, I, want you to, I want you to follow along. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Now let's jump forward uh, 28 chapters. Jeremiah 29 and 11. In the NIV, these are very simple scriptures. What I want to do is I want to take simple stuff that we've all heard and really, really focus on the basics a little bit. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper, say prosper, and not to harm, say not to harm. God ain't out to get you. You got to understand that. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, 2 Timothy, I'm going to lay a quick foundation, 2 Timothy chapter 1 in verse 7, I'm sorry, Juan, I should have gave you all these before service. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. There we go. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear is not a condition of the mind. It's a condition of the spirit. You understand? Your faith is strong in your spirit, not in your mind. Fear is not strong in your mind. It starts there. But it gets into your spirit. It gets down into the essence of who you are. Because everything in your life grows out of faith or it grows out of fear. Everything in your life. What you got to understand is fear was not designed by God. <laughs> well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Research that. That word means respect and honor of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. See, we, we tend to take things at face value and we don't do research. And God's called us to a place where we're not living in fear. We're not living in a situation where we have to be afraid of something. We're not living in a situation where God's going to send him the gigantic lightning bug strike. Because let me tell you something. If that was the case, a lot of us, including me, would not be here today. Because the truth is, is we've all got issues, we've all got problems, we all got things, we all got junk, we all got stuff that stopped us. We all remind ourselves of our failure. Which is absolutely useless uh, because there's, there was a study. Let me see. I got this study. That's why I come out with all these papers this morning. I've got this study. Now, this is what the world says. Now, if the world can say this, the church can surely say it. There, the, the University of Michigan, which uh, <clears throat> probably were paid millions of dollars to do this study, that says 60% of our fears are totally, uh, totally unwarranted and never come to pass. Think about that for a second. 60% of what goes through your brain in fear will never even remotely come to pass. 20% of fear is focused on the past, which is completely useless. Well, what are you going to do about your past? 10% of your fears are based on things that are so petty they make no difference in your life. And the remaining 10%, only 4 to 5 of the remaining 10% could be considered remotely, remotely justifiable. So... In Jasper, Alabama terms, ain't nothing going to happen till something happens. Amen. My dad was my hero. Uh, Paul Chapman Bailey. 
Now, I lost him when I was 12. From the time I was uh, 10 till I was 12, uh, cancer riddled his body, and he became a shell of his former self and laid in a hospital bed and passed away. But up until, up until 10 or 11, even in that, I watched him be strong. I watched him not be afraid. We didn't know about faith. We didn't know how to believe for healing. We didn't, and back then, they didn't know how to, they didn't know how to do the treatments. They, if we had the treatments now, that, you know, then he would still be alive. But back then, they just shoot you full of something, whether it kills you or not. And, uh, but he was my hero, man. I'll never forget, eight, nine years old, uh, fourth, third, fourth grade, something like that. We just moved into a new house. And we had a rug that we had rolled up that was outside. We had a two-by-four that we had rolled the rug up. You know, you take a two-by-four and just roll the rug up, pick it up so it doesn't fold. You carry it. That's how you're supposed to do it, some of y'all. Anyway, so I've seen y'all carrying that limp noodle in and wondering why you hurt yourself. Uh, <laughs> so we carried in, and, uh, you know, it's just me and my dad there, mom, a mom and my sister, uh, and, and Buddy, my brother, they're gone grocery shopping. And we take it in, and the rug's laying there. It's still in the roll because we don't know where mom wants it, and you better not put a rug out unless you ask mama. Praise the Lord. So we got the rug laying there. And I'm walking through the, the den area to my bedroom, and I look down, and there's a three-foot rattlesnake coming out of that rug. See, it was sunning out there on the rug. And we rolled that sucker up in it. Didn't even know it. I don't think my feet hit the floor when I went off the porch. And I told my dad, my dad walks in. I never saw fear, not one time. My dad walks in, looks at that thing like it's a puppy in his house or something. Pulls out his 357. Y'all wonder where I got that from. Pulled out his 357 and then stood there for a minute. While, now this thing's coiling up. He never has any fear. He looks at it and goes, don't really want to put a hole in the floor. You know, now he's, this is all like, I'm like, shoot it, you know. <laughs> you know, because I'm standing by out the door. Is it dead yet? And he grabs that two by four and he gets in the center of that coil and he crushes the head, twists the head completely off. Throws the thing in the woods and says, don't tell your mama. Not one ounce of fear. And I saw something that day that at, at 47 years old, I still look at and go, man, it, it didn't shake him. As a dad, now I see that he was protecting me. He might have been putting up a front because he didn't want me afraid because I was freaking out. And because I had just, my mind saying, you just carried that thing in on your shoulder. And it come out of my end, too, which I was really mad about. But, but the thing is this. If my dad, who at that time only knew Jesus for a very short period of time, could be that calm and that unfearful to protect me, how much is God doing for us every moment? Do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about all the things? Well, people talk about, well, you know, it must have been God. It must have been every breath. It must have been God. Y'all really got to understand how much through Christ he has done. Not what he's doing now, what he has done. Because through the cross, it's the grace and the blood of Jesus that flowed that gave you an opportunity to walk in a favor you didn't know existed. People talk about, yo, you're a prosperity preacher. I am a prosperity preacher. I really am. I don't care if you like it or not. But the truth is, is I preach more about prosperity than I do money. You need to learn the difference. Prosperity means you can walk in something money can't buy. That I, I sat, listen, let me explain something to you. I sat in meetings over the last few days with people that I never could have met without favor. 
I couldn't have bought my way into those meetings, but I'm meeting with guys who have watched videos of this little church in Podunk, Alabama, and said, those people don't know what they have. I'm a superstar. April hates it when I say that. Did y'all see her eyes roll? I heard her eyes roll just then. I heard. <laughs> I'm just playing. But they pay attention because they realize something. They realize just because they may, may be bigger or they may be in a bigger city, that doesn't mean that there is one church. Everybody has their own personality. Everybody has their own faith. Everybody has their own way of walking. And you have to have a personal relationship with Christ. You have to. And you also have to understand that he has not given you the spirit of fear. Oh, are y'all listening? Look at, look at what it says. But what? Power? How many of y'all feel powerless? Don't raise your hands. Powerless. There are days when you just think, come on, Jesus. Come on back so I can just levitate out of here. Then, the, then, 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 you, then you love. Whew. That's my struggle. I love all of y'all, but I struggle showing it sometimes. Because sometimes, you know, let's move on. Um, and of a sound mind. Now, that's the big one because that's where fear goes. Fear makes you think in irrational terms. Now, I've used this example a bunch, but I really want to use it again, and I want you to understand that I, April and I have been married for, for a long time. We're, 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 it's over 20 years now. We, we, we're into the decades. And we discuss things aggressively. We don't fight. But now, she, they did, they did, she did have to put up her knives this morning from the kitchen because she's like, I'm going to cut somebody. Usually somebody means me. So I'm just kidding. But, but, but the thing is, when we were younger and I worked in a factory and she was at home, we didn't have cell phones and texts. So I would call her at 9 o'clock break and I would say something. Imagine that. I would say something to, to aggravate her or make her mad. So all day long, she's thinking this or I'm thinking that and we're mad at each other and we're having this argument now, she's over here, and I'm over here, and we're all, you know, I, I'll tell you what, she's going to say this, and I'm going to say this, and she's going to do that, and she can pack her crap, and then she's not going to do this, and I'm, I'm just done. And the truth is, we never have that argument when we get home. We might talk it out or have an argument, but it's not that argument. So what you've done is your body has now had the stress of an argument you never had. And we wonder why we're dying at 30 years old. We're wondering why our kids are chasing down fentanyl and heroin. We wonder, we wonder why because they live in stress. And people are just looking to get whole and healed from stress. And they don't understand that the blood gave us that. That we don't have a spirit of fear, but power and love and the sound mind. That even if everybody in your life walks away from you, you have him. You understand he talks to you every day. But are you positioned to listen? Are you in a position to hear what he's saying? I watched my father twist the head off that rattlesnake. And, and, and understand this. I felt when I was with my father safe. Now, when my dad wasn't there, I'm looking. See if there's any, you know, if any more snakes around. But as long as my dad was with me, I was cool. Two years later, I lost my, I know this is going to be a lot of personal stuff today, okay? Two years later, I lost my father to cancer, and I had a choice to make. For two years, he pulled me up in his hospital bed almost every day and taught me how to treat people. I fell, 
but he taught me this is how you treat people. This is how you treat your mama. This is how you'll treat your wife. When you have children, you do this. And he taught me how to be a good man, although I've lost some of that, and I failed miserably in a lot of ways, and I've screwed up, but I still remember what he taught me, and I still find peace in what he taught me because I saw him as strong. Now, even when he died, I had a choice to make that I can live in fear, I can live in anger, which I did for a long time. I could live in frustration, or I can move over into a place to where I just accept what he taught me is right. Now, take that and translate that into giving my life to Jesus. He is the ultimate. God is the ultimate father. Jesus is the ultimate big brother. He was sown so God could have a family. And let me tell you something. If you... You do realize that God is omnipresent and with you every moment of every day. And how can you be afraid with that kind of dad? But we don't think that way. We think, we think like the, the disciples thought on a ship when a storm rises up. And we run and we wake Jesus up. And our first statement is, God, don't you even care? And on the cross, he proved that he did. Are y'all with me? On the cross, he proved by putting murder and fear and death on his son for you, he proved that he cares. Now, we run around and talk about the anointing, and we run around and we talk about this and word of knowledge, and let's get into gifts, and all those things are wonderful. But if I can get fear out of you, I can get his voice into you. Because when you live in fear, you put yourself in a situation to where everything else is closed off but what is right there. I learned a long time ago in ministry, you deal with the ministry in front of you. If you try to deal with the whole ministry, you're going to have a heart attack and die. But you deal with the ministry that's right in front of you. Same thing with fear. You deal with what's real and what's right in front of you. Don't create problems. Now, be honest with yourselves. How many of you just this morning found a reason to be upset for something that's really not real. Crickets. We need sound effects. Crickets. Because we all can find something. Well, my car's not running right. There's a sputter I'm not used to. I can't believe she said that. I can't believe he did that. Why is he wearing that cologne? Why does she do her hair like that? Stupid stuff. When you have an opportunity to worship the king. And I found out if he's got me, I'm good. Amen? Y'all are quiet this morning. But that's good. Because I want you to understand something. We live a life that's focused on the junk in our life. We're not, we're not focused on the healer. We're not. We're focused on all the things we don't have. I, I, I want you to see this. I want you to really, really see this. Matter of fact, let me, let me get you there real quick. <clears throat> Go to Judges chapter 6. He's going to put it on the screen. Judges chapter 6 verse 23. If you don't get there in your Bible, just read off the screen. Judges chapter 6, verse 23. But the Lord said to him, peace. The Lord, now listen, listen to the very first statement. The Lord said to him, peace, do not be afraid. You're not going to die. Verse 24 says, so Gideon built an altar uh, to the Lord and, and there called it, the Lord is peace. Fear causes you to withdraw. Fear causes you to place false limits on yourself and God. See, I don't want to get too deep into other things because if you've got fear, you're missing what God's saying to you. You woke up this morning with a sore throat. You start rebuking old big Rona. Back up, Rona. Or do you get all in fear? 
Oh, have I got it? Just so you know, if you do, it'll be gone on November 4th. After the election, it'll go away. But here's what you've got to understand. Faith is not designed for you to not deal with issues. Faith was designed for you to know how to deal with issues. That's what it's about. It's about being able to move into something and say, okay, this is going sideways in my life, but this is what the Word says. Most people don't have, oh, Lord, here we go. Most people don't have enough relationship with this that they even know how to deal with the situation in their life. Most preachers, let me, let me tell you all something. I'm fixing to say something. I get in trouble. I get emails every time. Just because, just, because they, just because they look cool on the stage don't mean they know this Bible. I, look, it just amazes me. I'm going to tell you all something. This, is, this might get me in trouble. But I got an email. Y'all probably got it too. Uh, I got an email from Kenneth Copeland Ministries because I'm, I'm ordained with Brother Copeland that TBN has decided that the word of faith and biblical teaching is not the way TBN's going any longer. TBN. There's a reason Daystar's taken over. But TBN has said, oh, we're not going that teaching route. <laughs> it amazes me that that is where we're at. We're at the place that the very network that took the gospel around the world has decided, we don't want you to teach the Bible. We want really good thought concepts. I was... You know, of course, they were very kind. You know, we thank God for the 30 years that we've had. And, and, and in my mind, I'm thinking, Pfft. are you kidding me? Get, you know, I'm just going to move on because I'll say something my wife will get on to me about later. But if you don't have a, listen to me. We're, I talked to my team about this this morning. This is not going to be one of those services where you clap when I'm done. We told the team this morning we are moving into a place in this world where laying hands on people is about to go away because everybody's scared. The enemy has used fear to stop the transfer of the anointing. And the church lets it. And it ain't got nothing to do with the pulpit. It's got to do with the church because we have to be so focused. Now, I'm not saying you should just have a, a slobber knocker service every Sunday. If I can't pastor you, if I have to entertain you, we're not doing our job. However, when there comes a time that the anointing's moving and we've got to really... In, just, just impart something into you. If people are so fearful, then the enemy has stopped something because we're supposed to be faithful. People have misused the word faithful. People have taken the word faithful and used it as serve the pastor. Oh, if you're faithful, you'll serve me. If you're faithful, you'll vacuum the floors. If you're faithful, you'll clean the toilet. If you're, no, no, no. God wants you to be faithful. I can tell when I'm stake full and I also can tell when I'm faithful I can also tell when I'm fearful I uh, when I first started my ministry uh, not ministry training my aviation training we were up in the in the 172 those, those of you who know what that is it's a it's a four seater airplane <clears throat> it's not an acrobatic plane at all, but it's a very sturdy plane. It can do things. And we, we were doing what was called accelerated stalls. And accelerated stalls are when, 
when you, you take the plane at, at the best pitch you can get to and still stay in the air at the lowest RPMs. And then you hit the gas and you keep it there and that nose begins to come up till it loses lift. And you hear these horns because the wings have holes in them. It's, it's all designed that when you begin to hear this certain noise, the, okay, the plane's falling now. That's what it's saying. So your job is to find out which way it's falling to fix that and get level flight. Well, it's the first time I've ever done it. The whole point is to get you to feel the airplane. So I completely chose the wrong thing to do. The plane goes inverted. First time up. First time up in training, plane goes inverted. Casper, who was, the, uh, who was my trainer at the time, gets it back. We're flying. He says, let's do that again. Again? We need to land now. Well, Pastor Allen, it's fine. No, it's not fine. Trust me. He's like, Look, it's fine. And then he begins to teach me about how this thing is designed to fly. And he would trim it out, and, and he puts the gauges here, and he puts the yoke there, and he does this, and he takes his hands off everything. And just sits there. And pretty as you please, designed to fly. The only time that it acted foolish was when somebody made the wrong decision. And I made the wrong decision out of fear. Are y'all listening? So I took something that was designed to keep me alive and put it in a position to kill me. See, we take this word which is designed to give us life. And because of old school teaching that's wrong or old time religion which is improper or hey, you got to dress like me, look like me, you got to stink like me, you got to do everything I do. No, 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 you need to be like Jesus because we're taking what's designed to give us life and we're putting death in it. The Bible says very clearly that the word brings death but the spirit brings life. So we've got to learn to merge the two together. And to be able to use, yes, we have to take this as a double-edged sword and cut away the things and, and, and cause death to things that shouldn't be there. But we should also take it as the balm of Gilead and put life back on those spots and watch us move into a place where we're living again. Because what we don't understand is that life is not breathing in. Life is breathing in him. When you wake up, you get to breathe in what he breathes out. Oh my God, do you understand how much you matter to him? That he would do, he put murder on his son so your life doesn't have to deal with that. Well, I just don't know why I'm going through this. Have you tried talking to God? Just try it, it's amazing. And when he talks back, it'll curl your hair on your back and neck. So, we're in this airplane. Y'all thought I forgot. Then we go into what's called unusual attitudes. I love the name. Unusual attitudes. Not altitudes, unusual attitudes. And you put on these glasses. It's called the hood. And you can't see anything. And you, you put your head just a little bit down. You're not all the way down because then you'll get, it's not even worth going into and then all of a sudden, the instructor takes the plane and goes, and you're like on a roller coaster. Now you're in the air and your body's all messed up. Then all of a sudden, they say, open your eyes, fix the airplane. And you open your eyes and you see a cow. That you're 
But you have to know the proper pattern of, of powering down and pulling back because if you pull back too fast, the wings come off. There's a whole lot to it. But the point is, is the thing is designed on all levels to keep you safe. If you just know what to do. If you just know what to do. So I'm landing the airplane in Bessemer out here. We were flying in Prattville. We're landing the plane in Bessemer. And Bessemer, whoever designed Bessemer, bless their hearts, because when you land there, they have the runway built on such a, uh, a level that there's a lot of crosswind, which is very dangerous when you're landing an airplane. And it was the first time that I landed the plane by myself. But I didn't land the plane by myself. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to tell you something that's supernatural. We were coming in. We were, we were at 1,000 feet. We came out of pattern. We're coming in. And up until then, I have had awful landings. Like, it's just, just awful. Winds are hitting, winds are hitting, winds are hitting. And I'm, I've got my hand on the yoke and my hand on the throttle, and I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I know on the radio, they're like, what in the? <laughs> and I'm like, I can't do this. And I thought the instructor had his hands on all everything, too. I thought he was helping me here because I felt help. And when we landed, John Coon, y'all all know who John Coon is. John Coon screens go, that was all you. You did that. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait, what? You didn't help me? Because it was perfect and all that. And I know, had the Holy Ghost not helped me land that plane, we'd have been sideways. We had to take off, go around, and John would have had to land. And it was that landing that moved me over into being able to solo and move into other things. What's the point? The point is, I'm inside of something that's designed to keep me safe, but I also have something on the inside of me designed to give me wisdom. See, you have to understand what all this is. We've turned the Holy Ghost into a show. And I, I, I'm, I, I love Pentecostal church. But he's my friend. The Holy Ghost is my friend. It, it, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a spit and a shake. He's my friend. He talks to me. And whether you know it or not, he talks to you. And he wants the best for you. He is actually the entity of Jesus on this planet. People say, well, I, I, I got saved by the blood of Jesus. Yes, you did. But the Holy Ghost is here. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And, and to, 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 to allow him to be used. Can I just, as if I've been dishonest up until this point, can I be honest about my Pentecostal heritage? It drives me crazy when Pentecostal churches use the Holy Spirit in a fearful way because he's not fear. The very first time that you hear of the Holy Spirit's in Genesis and he's brooding. What is brooding? It means he's loving, he's holding, he's embracing. We're about to build something here. Then when you hear of him again, it says like a dove. Not that he, I'm so tired of people saying the Holy Spirit's a dove. No, no, like a dove, which means the most gentle animal on the planet. Now, well, pastor, I've seen people just blow three rows back. Yeah, you react to power. Let's be honest about that. But you're not supposed to be afraid of the power. Are you afraid of these lights? They're only, the only time you need to be afraid of these lights is if I take a bulb out and let you stick your tongue in it. That's improper use of power. But when power is used properly, you react to it. You're standing here and it's dark and light comes on. Whoa. Y'all with me? I'm late. You're good. Y'all got a lot of chair. 
chicken will still be hot. It's fine. I got to get this out because we got to move on because we don't understand how fear, especially in this climate, has absolutely destroyed our life. People will not move into new relationships because of fear. People won't have children because of fear. People, I've actually had people say to me, I don't know if I want to have kids. I don't know because of the climate of the election. I don't know if, what world they're going to be living in. I get where they're coming from, but you better listen to the Holy Ghost on some stuff. Because your kid may be the one to bring revival to this nation. you got to understand how powerful you are. Oh, well, Jesus changed the world with 12. What can we do in Walker County with 75? We just got to want to. We got to hear him and we got to move into it. Fear will keep you from relationships. Fear will keep you from church. Well, I don't want to go. They just judge me in there. Well, Sadly, that is the case with most churches. It really is. Fear will keep you. Let me tell you something. Fear has manifested itself that it has become a condition where people can work from home, get their growth. Y'all think, think everything now uh, being delivered to your house is just out of convenience because of COVID? That started because people in the late 90s started having conditions where they couldn't leave their apartment because of fear. Tendencies because of fear. I'm afraid I might die, so I'm gonna kill myself. Tell me that ain't the enemy. Think about what I just said. I'm afraid I'm gonna die, so I might as well just kill myself. That is demonic, straight up. So I, I, I gotta wrap this up. It's already 11:55. I gotta wrap this up. But here's the thing: fear. When I watch my father deal with that snake, every single time that I find myself in a situation where, where there's fear involved or uh, spiritual things happening, spiritual warfare, demonic possession manifesting in the ministry and us dealing with people. Every time I remember my dad and how he never showed. Now, on the inside, he might have been quivering like jello, but he never showed it. He never showed it. I'm going to tell you all this last story, and then, then we're going to go. We were at Canaan Land. Uh, where's Trevor? Trevor was there. We were at Canaan Land, and I won't say the kid's name, but it was right after class. The whole time in class, he had been writhing like a snake. Those of you Pentecostal people, y'all know what that means. He just, <laughs> and I just kept teaching. Went to the next class. You remember that? Kept, yeah, you can't forget. Kept teaching. Class was over. This kid comes up to me. And I won't call him by name, but he started telling me some dingledorf, double dwarf witchcraft bull. And I said, I didn't yell, did I? I didn't raise my voice, did I? Zion was with me. Zion was still a little fellow. Where's Zion at? Zion's back there. Zion was with me. Now, Zion's back when Zion wore the fedora everywhere. Y'all remember that? Had his fedora and his vest on. And Zion started moving over behind Dad like, what the? <laughs> and I said, and I called him by name, and I said, that spirit will not operate in front of me anymore. And he went, seriously? I got confirmation right here. And he kept trying to punch me like that. So I'd call him by his name, and his eyes would clear up, and he'd start crying. And then that thing would, anyway, we cast seven demons out of him. There was three we couldn't get rid of because he just didn't want them to go. He kept saying, I want them to stay. 
We cast seven demons out. But the funny thing is, is when he started trying to hit me, and I said, that will not operate in my presence in the name of Jesus. And he froze up. Zion went. <laughs> you remember that? Zion got tough then, boy. You know why? Daddy was there. And Daddy proved he could handle it. You got Daddy every day. Every day. Quit being fearful. Come on, stand to your feet with me.